Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. I was watching the Oregon State game at Arizona on Saturday night. And I saw Aiden Childs throw a pass about 60 yards from uh, where he stood in the pocket. Uh, ball damn near brought rain. And underneath it, I saw number two running. And I thought for a second, did he just out-throw Anthony Gold's speed? Is Anthony Gold looking slow beneath an Aiden Childs pass? And then I said, no, no, Anthony's having to slow down to catch his pass. Uh, he did not, not out-throw you, did he? No, no, no. He knows he he had some some room left to to air that thing out a little bit more, but definitely didn't outthrow me. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I love that. What's that? What's that like in the in the stadium when the ball's up like that? And does it go quiet? Like, what is that? What's the sound of that as you're running underneath that pass and you can see the ball? Oh yeah. I mean, especially you know a pass like that. He threw it 60 yards, but you know he got some some height on it too. So. Um, it was. It felt like it was hanging in the air forever. So I'm just running like, oh man, like, no. I, I hope the DB doesn't have time to catch up. Like I'm either catching this ball or I'm getting a, a pass interference. Like that's one <laughs> of the two. So you know, it kind of time slows down whenever you know you're seeing that ball just slowly come through at the air. But um, yeah, you know, you're so used to that at this point. It kind of just happens like bang bang. You know, it slows down for a second, but you know, it's not too much to where you know you have too much time to really think about it. You guys will have. Colorado in Boulder. Uh, you know, I'll be there to cover the game, but it's a night game. Give me an idea what you see on film as you're watching Colorado this season. Oh, yeah. You know, it's definitely a different team than last year. And, um, you know, that's something we came into the week uh, ready to prepare for. Um, but, you know, they're a good team. And the, the fact of the matter is they're a different team, uh, you know, at home than on the road. So, uh, we know it's going to be it's going to be jumping. It's going to be loud. Uh, the environment is going to be great. But um, you know they're they're a good team. You know they got a you know hot tired offense. Um, they like the tempo, uh, keep things up uh, defensively. They're they're sounds. You know so um, they're you know they're a good football team. Um, it'll be a, a fun environment to go and play in. Um, you know night game down there. Um, so I'm I'm excited for it. Yeah, I, I'm excited to see it. And you guys on the road have struggled a little bit like your two losses have come on the road i felt like you should have won both games what do you think happens on the road yeah you know i don't i don't want to say you know we're we're a bad road team um but you know we we have taken two two losses on the road you know and i think it just comes down to you know executing and finishing um you know having both losses by three um you know with the chance to, to come back and win the game you know two very close onside kicks um, you know, I think it just comes down to, you know, execution, you know, in times when it, when it matters, you know, there was a time in the Arizona game where, uh, we could have went up two scores and we didn't execute as an offense and they went down and scored. Now we're, we're playing from behind. So, um, you know, just executing moments when it matters. Um, I'd say that's, that's probably the biggest thing on the road, you know, um, but, you know, you can't really let it, let too much of the road or the, the hype or, you know, the fans try and affect you too much. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we're playing football. So, um, you know, it doesn't matter if, you know, you're playing in front 
front of anyone or uh, go out and play in front of 50,000, you know. Um, you got to go out there and execute if you want to be successful as a football team. So um, I think, you know, just us calming ourselves down and, you know, just realizing, you know, we're a good football team and we just need to execute. And, you know, on the on the road, that hasn't always been the case, but, you know, that's something that, you know, you live and you learn from. And, um, you know, that's that's been a big goal of ours coming into this game this week. Give me an idea, because after a loss, a disappointing loss, you'll sometimes see a team lose focus or be flat. What was Sunday and Monday like for you guys? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's definitely, you know, a little dreadful after the game, but it's college football. You know, you got another week to play. And last time I checked, the season wasn't over, you know. So that's something that we all, you know, it was a little bit of a humbling moment, but it is what it is. You know, you got to – the sun came up another day, and, you know, you're grateful to be playing this sport for another day. So, um, you know, you got to kind of just take it with a, a grain of salt. Yeah, it sucks to lose, um, but the season's not over yet. You know, we can still do great things. Um, and that, you know, it's just Sunday, Monday was more so just harping on, you know, the execution we need to, to, to dial in, um, the detail, um, and that starts in practice, you know, and that's something that, um, we've been, we've been sharp on this week is, you know, let's, let's keep up the tempo, let's execute, let's be detailed during practice so that we don't have to, um, you know, feel sorry for ourselves or, after the game, feel like we could have did some things different. You know, if we handle those things during practice and the the preparation is correct, um, you shouldn't have to feel like that, um, you know, come after the game. But, I mean, it sucks to lose. You win some, you lose some. The season's not over. So, yeah, it's definitely, you know, it sucks to lose. But I think guys are, you know, more so just irritated and upset that um, we didn't execute like we wanted to. Yeah, and I think as you look down the stretch this season, you're going to have opportunities. And, uh, you know, there's a possibility here if – you win out, you still can get to Vegas. That's still on the table. Can you guys think that way, or do you just have to focus on this opponent this week and let the rest take care of itself? Nah, man, we got to take it week by week, and that's something, you know, we've kind of been um, focusing on throughout the whole year. Um, you know, trying not to look anyone, overpass anyone. Um, you know, it doesn't matter what the record is. It doesn't matter how many points they score, how many points they give up. Um, you know, you can't overlook anyone, especially in the in the league this year. You know, I think, you know, that's very apparent. Um, but no, like I said, you know, they're a good football team um, this weekend. So, you know, that's what our that's what our focus is on. You know, we can't think about come December um, what will what will look like. You know, so we got we still have four more games to play, um, and we're guaranteed a fifth. So, uh, you know, we're, we're we're worried week to week, and you know, that's really where our focus is. Anthony Gold with us. This interview brought to you by Jamba. Uh, he's a Jamba guy. Are you still getting into Jamba? The weather's turning now, and and I gotta be honest with you. I thought about you. I was in Salt Lake City going through the airport. I stopped at Jamba and I I picked one up. But what are you drinking these days? Yeah, you know I've been going to Jamba. I probably went one. I went one time this week. I think you know the weather's starting to get a little cold, so um, you know smoothie intake might have to slow down, but. You know, every time I go to Jamba, I get the, the um, Belgian waffles. If you haven't had those, definitely okay. should get the Belgian waffles. Ask for okay. up. Um, those are great all year round, warm, cold. Uh, it doesn't matter. So the, the Belgian waffles I'll still be on, but the smoothies have slowed down a little bit. What do you want to say to Beaver fans who, you know, who saw last week and 
think, oh man, this, you know, I don't know, are they, you know, I don't know if I can count on this team this week. What do you say to to your fans? Yeah, you know, I really just say, you know, you got to just keep having faith. You know, um, we've come a long way as a program. Um, you know, and if not too long ago people were celebrating, you know, three-point losses around here. So, um, you know, just just keep having faith and, you know, keep supporting us. Um, it goes a long way, and uh, we definitely all appreciate it. Um, but, yeah, you know, just keep being a beaver through and through, and um, we appreciate it more than you guys know. Anthony Gold, I appreciate you joining us every week. Travel safely. I will see you in Boulder. Good luck Saturday. Yes, sir. Thank you, John. All right. You take care. There he goes, Anthony Gould. Um, I did. I picked up Jamba. I was uh, in Salt Lake City coming back from that Oregon-Utah game, and I was walking through the airport, and there it was. Right there. There was no line. I was just, you know, this is incredible. I went up. I ordered. I had, you know, all these options in front of me, and I thought, you know, I could do the white gummy that he had suggested before. I went with, uh, I don't remember the name of it, but it has pineapple in it, and I was just, like, solid. Uh, I want to I thank Jamba for making that interview possible throughout the season. Uh, Jamba, life is better blended. Now, Stephen, Anthony Gold is saying, hey, it wasn't that long ago that, you know, people cheered a three-point loss at Oregon State. Um, but those expectations have changed. Last week was a game that Oregon State needed to win if it was going to you know, stay in control of its destiny. They still have an opportunity, as I look at the standings, there's seven teams that have two conference losses or less. They're one of them. They also have the opportunity to play Washington and Oregon, two teams that are in front of them in the standings, and if they can get those games, they have to win those games to get to Vegas, they could put Oregon in a position where it does not have the tiebreaker and it's in a tie with Oregon State, in meaning that Oregon State would, would have to beat Washington and then beat Oregon and, uh, of course, uh, beat Colorado and Stanford in the next two weeks. Now, that's me getting ahead of myself. I, I just don't think Beaver fan's going to be okay with a close loss. Yeah, yeah B-Fan, I, I understand from the fan's point of view how disappointing it can be because we, you know, we as fans, we adjust our expectations accordingly, right? And, you know, going into the season, they were top 25. You look at it even right now, you know, they were last week, they were number 11. They're right outside the top 10. And to lose to Arizona, it does hurt. But I think Anthony Gould hit on something there. He talked about, you know, it wasn't that long ago that, you know, fans were, and even the players probably were celebrating three point losses. So they know what it is to lose and they know how to bounce back. Like, it's not the end of the world, basically, is what he's saying, and we know how to bounce back from that situation. Now, it's not a great situation, right? Like, you would rather control your own destiny, but I do think the fact that these guys, especially a guy like Anthony Gould, who's been there a long time, he's been through a lot at Oregon State, he has seen the lowest of lows. Now they're at, you know, the peak of what they're supposed to be, so he knows that, like, you know what? If we lose, we know how to bounce back and how to forget that one game, adjust, and move on to the next game and try to win that because that's all they can do. All they can do is go out and try to win the next game that's at Colorado. So I love the mindset that he has there, John, of just saying, you know what? We're going to remember it. We lost Arizona. It was a tough loss, but now we're just going to forget that. We're going to focus on Colorado and do what we can do and, and you know, control our destiny that way because we still have a lot to play for. And he mentioned that, you know, they still have, uh, you know, four games plus an extra bowl game. Like, they have a lot of season left. So I think it's important that they have already gone through some of these things where they lose and they have to learn how to, you know, just refocus, recheck back up. 
and go on to the next opponent. I, I love the mindset that he had. I, I have uh, people telling me I'm crazy, but I'm going to throw this out again. I, I look at the schedule. I look at the objective. Oregon State, of course, would love to win out and give itself a chance to be that second team going to Las Vegas. If you're going to win out, can you win out with DJ Uyunglele at quarterback? Or do you need to start transitioning to Aiden Childs, hoping that he's got more upside, more ceiling, and that by the time you play Washington and Oregon in three and four weeks from now, you are better, you are more dangerous, you are more dynamic. You hear what I'm saying here? It's a risk. I'm asking, does Jonathan Smith double down and begin to give Aiden Childs more snaps against Colorado and Stanford, hoping he sees something that makes him say, that's my starter against Washington? Here's my question for you, John, is how much, when you look at the Oregon State losses, how much are you putting on DJ? Because I, you know, I'm not I haven't been the biggest DJ fan all season, but yeah. I don't think he's necessarily been bad in both of their losses. He wasn't great no. against Washington State, but I wouldn't blame him for it. He's his, not the number one problem, and, but he he does leave some plays out there. He does, but at the same time, I feel like that's kind of what Lindgren and Smith want him to do. Like they don't want to have him make mistakes. They know that he's prone to do that as he did at Clemson. They're just trying to simple it down for him. So maybe you're right. Maybe Ian Charles gives him a higher ceiling, but. I feel like at this point, the Beavs still have to have a chance to play for that Pac-12 championship game. I don't know. I, I love Ian Childs. I don't know how much you can really put him out there besides that I don't either. I don't either. But here, my, what I'm wondering is, okay, if you're going to put him out there against Washington or Oregon three and four weeks from now, I need to see more now. And I'm not saying you hand him the keys and you say he's the starter, but I would like to see... Let's give him three series instead of one during the game. Let's see what he does getting a little rhythm. And if you start to see things that go, like, you go, wow, like, you know, they're better with him. Like, I, and then I think you got to think about, you know, Stanford in two weeks, you give him a little more. Chip Kelly did it with, you know, he put Dante Moore out there in the non-conference, put him out there in the early part of the season, saw enough after he threw three picks against Oregon State, went back to Ethan Garbers, and UCLA's been better. Now, I'm not, I think it's a little bit of the opposite scenario here because you've got, DJ, who I think is going to make fewer mistakes, but also doesn't run quite as well and doesn't quite have the arm of Aiden Childs. So I'm kind of just wondering, like, can we see a little more of Aiden? Yeah. Like, can we? Can I get him? Can I get two series in I, this game? I agree you know? with you because I will say when Aiden comes in, there's a little more juice, right? There's a little more juice in the offense. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe if he comes out and he scores on that first possession, maybe give him a second possession and then go from there. But yeah, I mean, I'm. I'm not ready just to say, hey, we need to we need to give Aiden Childs two or three possessions a game right now just because there's so much still on the line. But I, I, I'd be okay. I'd be okay with it. You know what? If Aiden comes out, they score on that first possession, give him a second possession, see what happens. All right. I'm on board with that. Leave it here. You got the BFT. Coming up, top of the hour, Kelly Graves, University of Oregon women's basketball coach, will be joining us. I'm excited about that interview. He says Bobby Knight yelled at him one time. Uh, we'll find out more about that coming up. Um, Bobby Knight passed away yesterday at the age of 83. Longtime Indiana basketball coach and uh, also coached at Texas Tech, the Olympic team, all of that. Um, really, uh, really interesting to see kind of the reaction nationally. You know, it, it it struck me years ago, I think it was Marge Schott, the former owner of the Cincinnati Reds, who was just this 
she was not a nice human being. She was um, rough around the edges, had said some racist things, had said sexist things. She was the owner of the Reds, and people just hated her. And then she died, and everyone's like, well, she was a pioneer. She was such a great person. Like, I get why we do that when we memorialize people. We tend to focus on the best parts of them, and Bobby Knight is one of those people. He had uh, he was a good teacher, great teacher of basketball. He was a disciplinarian. He was successful in his craft. He had a lot of redeeming qualities. He also had some warts. And I think it's interesting to kind of see nationally when we, uh, you know, when we sort of uh, put Bobby Knight's memory to rest, how people are talking about him. And I think people are talking real about him, more so maybe than other figures who have passed away, uh, you know, high-profile figures who pass away. You know, people tend to focus on the good things and not the bad things. Stevens, why, why is that? Why do we do that? Why do we focus on sort of the... Um, the the best parts of people um i would guess it's because it's more the fact that like they can't defend themselves they're not here and then it's all you know you don't want to be disrespectful to anybody like we know that no matter what bobby knight did to you know whether it's you or any other reporter like there is someone that probably loves him somewhere right like there's someone that is mourning his death very you know very badly um you know whether it's his family or whatever so I, i think you're just trying to be respectful at that time as well but uh, it is interesting. Like Bobby Knight is a great instance of this because, you know, by a lot of accounts, he wasn't a nice person, and a lot of people didn't get along with him. But at the same time, you know, you don't want to be just super disrespectful about it because he was super good at his job and at his craft. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm one of those people as well, John. Like, I don't necessarily like the things that he did or what he said, um, and I don't, I don't really believe in the kind of coaching philosophy that he had of just getting after people and yelling at people. But I'm also, you know, aware enough to know that it works for some people, and that he was one of the most successful coaches in the nation. Yeah, I think uh, you think you got to be real about, you know, who people are and how they're remembered. And I saw a tweet from an author who had written a book, and he had sent the book about the Cleveland Indians. Bobby Knight was a big baseball fan; he loved the Cleveland Indians, which explains why the story I told yesterday about Jim Tomey being in the post-game news conference—it makes sense to me now. Uh, how excited Knight was about having Tomey there, uh, who played for Cleveland. Um, but uh, the, the author had sent Bobby Knight his book, and then he received a call from Bobby Knight, and the book was about the Cleveland Indians, and Bobby Knight wanted to talk to him about it, and they talked on the phone for a minute, and it became evident to the author that Bobby Knight wasn't lucid, that he had been struggling with memory loss, Alzheimer's, I think was the diagnosis, and he laid, the author later found out that, um, you know, he was like, gosh, I wish you hadn't talked to Knight. And, and, and apparently one of the things that Bobby Knight had memory of was he could recite all of the players who played for like the 1950s and 1960s for the Cleveland Indians. That part of his memory was fine, but he struggled with everything else. He couldn't remember being a basketball coach, couldn't remember. And in the end, uh, really sad, like really, really sad. And I know that people who have... I have friends who um, have significant others that are struggling with memory, uh, memory care and memory loss. And we've talked over the years about, you know, high profile people who have had that happen. I mean, I just think it's one of the most difficult, insidious things that happen because you lose your loved one before your very eyes. They, they aren't there anymore in the way that they used to be there. And I think it's really sad. But uh, Bobby Knight 
83 years old, passed away yesterday. We'll talk to Kelly Graves about that, plus the uh, upcoming season. I'll ask him some WNBA. Why not? You know, was he? Uh, what's he think about Portland maybe getting a team one day? Plus, why did he give up Halloween? Kelly Graves was your hero on Halloween. He had a storage facility that was filled with Halloween stuff, and apparently he's not putting it out anymore. I don't know why. I need to know why he didn't participate in Halloween this year. He tweeted out he was hanging it up. He wasn't going to be doing the Halloween decoration this year. Why? Did he not have it in him? What's going on? We'll talk to Kelly Graves about that coming up. Before that, though, we'll give you a big splash. It's the one thing you need to know today. This is the Big Splash. Brought to you by Killer Burger. Voted best burger five years in a row. Killer Burger's 10 rad burger builds will send your taste buds on an epic journey. Killer Burger, the burgers your mama warned you about. Seven-time Major League Baseball All-Star, All-Star Nelson Cruz is retiring after 19 seasons. He has 464 career home runs. He's 43 years old now. Uh, he's going to compete this winter in the Dominican Professional Baseball League. He's going to do a farewell tour there. He was released by the Padres in July. Um, he's now uh, six months removed after uh, uh, he was released after signing a one-year contract, but he only hit 245 with five home runs. He is a career 274 hitter. Played with eight different teams. You may uh, remember the, him with the Brewers or the Rangers or the Orioles, the Mariners. You remember him with the Mariners? The Twins, the Rays, the Nationals, the Padres. And uh, and uh, he was also banned for uh, a period. He had a 50-game suspension after he was connected to uh, a lab that was accused of supplying PEDs. 464 home runs. Kind of feels like Nelson Cruz. Not going to get in the Hall of Fame. Had a nice long career and is hanging it up. There it goes. It's hard thing for players. How do you know when it's the time? What what time is it? A lot of times in football, the teams will tell the players it's time. They'll just cut you. You're no longer needed. In baseball, it can be a little different because of contracts being, you know, it's not that you have a, a non-guaranteed contract. You You have a guaranteed contract, so there's a little more investment there. They really have to be done with you before they let you go. And then there's somewhere for you to go if you want to play in Japan or somewhere else. Uh, you know, if you want to go play in the minor leagues, you can. I don't know how many MLB guys would want to do that, but you can hang around a little bit. Um, in, uh, in uh, you know, college athletics, you've got a draft that kind of indicates whether you're going to go on or not. But uh, I think it's a hard, t- hard thing for athletes, especially a guy like Nelson Cruz who's done it for like 20 years to decide, okay, it's time. All right, coming up, Kelly Graves. We're going to talk to him about Bobby Knight and so much more. We interrupt this podcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face Truth Hey, sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.